Hello, it's Uche. Welcome back. You're not, you're not black. What are you doing here? <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? I think I'm going to get a couple people with that one. Yeah, because people are nosy. Ugh, of course. Anywho's it's trigger warning, people. Trigger warning for mentions of spiritual abuse and racism. This is the My Sister Said podcast, and I'm your host, Uche Amaneke. If you know me from my YouTube channel, you know that I'm all about that active faith life. But I also know trusting God with your Sunday through Saturday and your eternity, it takes practice. So in this podcast, I am diving deeper. We are going to be talking about everything from spiritual abuse to a biblical view on twerking. Yes. Our faith is not just religion, it's real life. This is what community looks like, people. Hello, it's Uche. Welcome back to My Sister Said Podcast. And my podcast is just a podcast for Christians who want a Christian without a stick up their butt and without pretending to be perfect. Okay, and today is actually the first episode of my new series called Lessons from the Predatory Church. And today I'm going to start with something that I had to deal with at my spiritually abusive church, which is dealing with the, um, the racism and just going through the whole ordeal of that at my, at my um, church, which is Watermark Dallas. Um, and it was so harmful. And I feel like black people were not cared for. Actually, you know what? Let me say black people were not cared for at all at this church. So let me, the first thing I'm going to do is care for the black people people who might be listening right now. And um, then we'll move on to the other parts of spiritual abuse and other lessons from predatory churches. In two weeks, I'm going to put out two episodes so that I can do an overview of spiritual abuse and then move into, you know, start start the healing process for people who are on that, on that road of healing. So that's what I want to do, but I want to make sure I lay a really good groundwork for everybody so we're on starting on the same page with the same language same like same lingo same definitions and I just really want to be very thorough okay and since I have hella ADHD I'm making these episodes short because I want someone who has ADHD like me aha <laughs> to be able to listen to it in its full context okay all right um let's move in to this episode thank you so much again for joining me all right so today I'm going to be sharing with you six ways for black Christians to handle ignorant Christians, okay? And to guard your heart. I wanted to do something for black people and just say like, man, your job, your life is not racism. You're more than that. More than that conversation. You have gifts about other things. And I just wanted to just say like, man, you don't have to exhaust yourself, okay? I have learned unfortunately, through personal experience, how to guard my heart, guard my spirit, guard my, my mental, oh, keep my mental healthy throughout this entire experience of abuse at my church, um, abuse and neglect with my church. Um, and it's been really painful and hard, but I've learned some things along the way. And of course, I'm going to pass that along to people because I have no idea it could help somebody. And if it helps one person, I say it's worth it. Okay. So I'm going to help. Okay. So Number one, number one, pause before you tell anyone your experience with racism or racial prejudice, especially that of within your church or in your life, okay? 
I'm saying this, I, I know, listen, one second, I'll, it'll be clear in a second. I'm saying it as someone who is telling their story online, but literally don't tell your story to people within your church. Don't, especially if you go to a church that does not talk about racism or racial prejudice, does not preach how to repent from racism or racial prejudice, they don't engage in those conversations. Do not tell your story or be very, very cautious with who you share your experiences with, okay? Unfortunately, a big part of my trauma, a lot of it comes from being dismissed. And um, I know it's not the same for everybody. Some people are fine with just like, you know, fine, just, you know, screw you then, you know, whatever. But it hurt me to be like, I tell my story and it was dismissed. And I was like, it just was like another knife in my gut. So um, if you're unsure of someone, if you can trust them with your story, go, dude, send them my way. Mine are already online. Send them my way. Ask their opinion about that. And if they do not handle that conversation well, you've just saved yourself some heartache because even dear friends of mine have handled my story just horribly because and they don't realize that every time you tell your story, it's, you're reliving that trauma. You're reliving that experience and it hurts and it's hard, right, to talk about. So I would say that first, you know, I would suggest having an empathetic ear, someone who can help validate your experience and not shame you or dismiss it or, you know, gaslight you and like, oh, maybe it was not that bad. It's just like, no, stop, <laughs> you know, just um, just so it can guard your heart because it's just so I didn't realize it was a thing until, yeah, it just ke it kept happening. So just guard your heart. Do not share your story or at least pause and think very, be, be very, very cautious of who you share your experiences with or your pain with, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> so this is lived experience. All right, and so uh, number two, you don't, own, you don't owe anybody your story. You don't owe anybody to retell your experiences. You don't owe anybody proof of your experience. You just don't, okay? Um, especially as a black person, um, I had this one kid, he kept messaging me, messaging me. He's like, you keep telling us you're the watermark leaders are racist, prove it, prove it. Make your points, da, 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 da. You're not trying to engage in conversation. And this guy was like, oh, he was a troll. I was like, you know, I was like, dude, I don't owe you anything. First of all, I made a whole YouTube channel and you're lazy, go check it out. And then, you know, come back to me, but I'm not explaining myself to you. I'm not wasting my time telling you my story. Um, Cause, and I, I'm like, I can tell now, I'm like, it's a, it was a waste of time. Cause he was kind of like, just really aggressive and like, just, well, what is it? Tell me like, you know, already ready to deny what I've said or dismiss. I'm like, okay, no, I'm good. And it was weird. It's like, he didn't even go to the church. I was like, you don't even go here. She doesn't even go here. Do you even go to this school? No, I just have a lot of feelings. Okay, go home. <laughs> I was like, you don't even go here. Like, why do you even give a damn? You know? And so, so just like, don't waste your time. You do not owe anyone an explanation or your story. You don't have to prove anything to anybody with regards to your experience with racism. Okay. Or discrimination because, and it's what's really, what's really, really important to know is that if someone's already doubting it before you say anything, they're like, you know what? Racism is in this church. I know it's here. If they're saying like, oh, it might not be here. That might not be it. I'm like, where to go? Jesus is not, Jesus is not back yet. So do you think racism and racial prejudice just skipped over this church or skipped over this institution? Like, no, it's here. There's just, maybe you don't know what it looks like or you're so used to it. You don't understand. You, you're so, in, so ingrained in you. You don't get it whenever it's right in front of your face. And so 
just be very careful with who you engage with because some people are time wasters, they're just trolls. And this is a mental exercise for them talking about racism and talk to just want to talk about it, but not really, not really discuss ways to help people repent from it. Okay. Um, or not really there to support you through dealing with it. So just be very careful of that. You do not owe anybody your story and you have to keep telling them, I'm like, I don't owe you this because you can do whatever you want with it. You can trash, you can dismiss it. And in the end, you're the one who's just relived trauma and someone just, I had a mental exercise and they walk away trying to win a debate that literally doesn't, doesn't mean anything. They're fine. Um, I've realized that a lot of these, like, like this guy's a white guy, but it's like they'll engage with the conversation in conversation with me. I'm like, you, you don't think about this on the reg. This is on my mind constantly, you know, I'm a black person, black family, everything. And so it's like, <laughs> you just, this, this comes up and you're like, oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. You want to talk about it, but this is not something that you always dwell on. So just, you know, I'm just save your energy, save your energy for people who actually want to have an actual conversation. Okay. Um, and then also you can like, you know, point to, they can, you can point them to me and be like, here, what do you think about her story? Really? And it's like, I mean, I'm already telling it. It does. I mean, whatever. I'm already telling it. It's about the church. And they're like, no, that's not it. Then you just saved yourself. Again, you just saved yourself a lot of time and energy. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And if I didn't mention it before my YouTube channel, the name is Uche on purpose and um that's the series that is with my my church it's called my white church and where i go kind of in depth in my experience and just telling my story so you can point people there or you can listen to that for yourself as a resource just uh, letting you know okay don't get sorry don't give people the benefit of the doubt guard your heart guard it guard it okay um let me see. And then if you're, you know, if you're talking about progress within, you know, addressing racism, addressing racial prejudice, especially in your church or wherever you're from, um, don't let anyone try to convince you like, oh, progress takes time. You know, um, I kept hearing that like, oh, progress takes time. And I'm like, um, no, actually progress takes action. And if I see nothing happening, I'm, is it, you know, uh, there's a famous, I think there's a famous quote by Martin Luther King that says like, time is neutral. Time is neutral. So either people do evil with it or people do good with it. So the full quote by Martin Luther King Jr. is, time is neutral. It can be used deconstructively or constructively. It's neutral. It's not just gonna, you know, as time passes, things don't just get better. That's not actually how it goes. Um, you know, so just re remember that like, if someone's talking about progress, be like, you know, where? And it's like, and you can ask them, okay, what's the end goal? If you're saying there's progress, what's the, where, where, where are we headed? What's the end goal? Because um, I have a lot of like, especially a lot when like, people at my church be like, you know what, progress, it takes time, progress takes time. I'm like, okay, well, what's the end goal? I'd ask my elders that. Uh, my elders tried to, um, they did this, um, what is this called? They did this family prayer night for reconciliation um, in August of last year of, of 2020. And they they tried to, you know, sell it to me as like, look, there's progress. This is something we're doing. It's a, it's a prayer night. And we have a packet about addressing racial, addressing racism, addressing racial prejudice, addressing prejudice. Um, and all the while I'm like, this is performative. First of all, you're, you're calling it family prayer. You don't even mention the word race. 
because they're like, I don't like the word race. Cool, cool story, bro. And then they, you know, it's just like you have this packet, but it wasn't it wasn't available the day of the day of the the prayer night. It was available like two days late on a Tuesday, and like, and they wouldn't give it. And they and during a pandemic, you can only get the packet if you went there in person. They didn't have it online available, which is how they have all the resources online available. So, you know, basically set up to fail just set up to reach as least people as possible. And they will, I didn't know all the other stuff before, but I was like, I saw that later. I was like, y'all, y'all are ridiculous. I was right that this was a performative thing that y'all just did. But anyway, so they'll present to you, look, this is progress. And I, and I just had one question for them. I was like, all right, cool. That's, that's progress. That's something. What's the next steps? What's next? That's all I asked my, my elder is honestly the, this is the day they told me they were going to kick me out of church because I didn't accept that as that performative gesture. Anyways, and so they're like, yeah, this is progress. This is why don't you accept this? I was like, because it's performative. And I know it's performative because I like, what is your next steps? What are your next steps? Where are we headed with this? What's your goal? And my elder sat there and was like, I, I don't know. Today, Junior. He's like, he's like, we're just, we're going to keep having this conversation. And I was like, performative. You have nothing. You want this to just to placate people and just shut people up. And I was right because literally it's been a year since that packet and that prayer night happened. It's never been mentioned again, ever again. No, instead, these abusers have decided to name critical race theory as their new excuse for doing and saying absolutely nothing about racism or racial prejudice. Um, since that, like a year, over a year. And so I was like, yeah, I knew it. Um, at the time, they were just trying to get me to stop posting the videos about them. And I was like, that's funny. But anyways, so yes, don't let anybody pretend that progress just takes time. It takes action. It takes people willing to do something and step up. So um, people who are just waiting around saying, oh, it's going to change, it's going to change over time. It won't. Time is neutral. It really is. Please remember that. Oh, yes. And don't let any Christians shame you for being upset about racism or for being like angry or being like, you know, not being calm about racism, enduring it. Like, don't let anybody like gaslight you into believing you're supposed to be calm about this. It's it's awful. OK, and you can be sad about it. You can be mad about it. You do not have to be calm and chill about it. Um, I had people who are like mad at me, like you're dropping F-bombs. I'm like, shut the hell up. You're just, you were silent whenever, you know, people were literally becoming hashtags. Keep silent. Stay silent. Don't try to police my trauma. Don't try to police how I'm responding to this. And don't let anybody guilt you. Like, oh, if you're a child of God, you don't seek revenge. I'm like, justice is different than revenge. Justice is different. It really is. Um, and you can read more of God's word in that. But just don't, it's just, it's just be really careful, okay, what you're taking in. Um my church is so toxic, <laughs> so toxic. Um, I have this young adult pastor, David Marvin. He's hopped his ass on stage in 2020 and then did something similar to that in 2021. And Okay, so I'm going to play you a little bit of a clip um, from this uh, Seven Deadly Sin series. This uh, message was given on June 3rd, 2020. And that's about a week after George Floyd's murder. And um, this sermon was about pride. <laughs> um, some of you can probably hear the dog whistles already. Oh, and like, and let me just say, this 
This little clip, his little performance is Oscar worthy. I'm not going to joke. He's a very talented and gifted speaker. Um, but at, later on, I will show you, I will show you if you do check out my YouTube channel, I'm going to talk about um, how he actually feels and how he's actually, you know, said how he feels about listening to his black and brown sisters and brothers in Christ. But I know that scripture indicates that it only can happen if humility marks our life and we come to the table and we listen and there's so much division and I hate it and I hate any ways that I'm contributing or have contributed to it or I hate even just the pain that people are experiencing. And I wanna to talk to my friends who have for so long displayed humility and patience and grace who make up the black and brown brothers and sisters in Christ. The way that you, so many of you, have pushed through pain, unspeakable pain, pain that candidly, I don't know if this has surprised you, I'm a white guy. I'll never actually experience or understand or totally be able to relate to. And yet despite that, despite all the pain that has marked your life or maybe has been a part of the story that God has written, you patiently continue, you endure suffering in the face of injustice like I may never be able to experience or will probably never experience. And you keep going. The way that you patiently come alongside other Christian believers and brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, you help them, you engage in conversations, you don't shame them, you don't dismiss them, you walk with them and you look like Jesus and you inspire me and you strengthen our church and you strengthen the body of Christ. And I'm so grateful. And I, like so many others, when I see the pain and the hurt, my heart breaks. But the answer and the next step or whatever God's gonna do in our church, it will involve us coming together and listening and loving. We are blood because we have been bonded by the blood of Jesus. And I'm not gonna do it perfectly and I haven't done it perfectly and I'll never do it perfectly. Okay, yeah. First of all, someone needs to tell that man, Cain and Abel were also blood, okay? And then uh, second of all, David Marvin, he doesn't even try, try at all to get anything perfect or do anything, period. Um, but anyway, so uh, I had like... It is so creepy. And what's really interesting is like the tone of voice he used. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're listening to his words. And this is a pastor who's never, he doesn't teach about, he doesn't teach people how to repent from racial prejudice or racism. He has a hard time with the word race. He's like, I don't know. If you want to watch my experience with him, you can watch the video. Um, and that the name of that video is called uh, Fuck Black People. And it's in my, my white church series on YouTube. Um, if you really want to see my experience with this guy and, um, and so, yeah. So like, if you listen to him, he's like, yeah, you, it's like, yeah, you endure suffering. You know, I watch, basically I, he watches people endure suffering and watch people die and he does nothing about it. All he does is his answer is to applaud black people for enduring it while he watches and does nothing and says nothing just congratulates you. You know, some people are like, oh, well, that's encouraging. I'm like, it's not, it's really weird. Cause what other thing does he do that with? It's like, yeah, congratulating fetuses for being aborted. Like, yeah, but man, you know, you endure domestic violence so well. You such a good job. 
when your wife keeps cheating on you, you endure it, you endure it suffering and you patiently walk alongside people who doubt that she's really that bad. Like, no, that's just not a thing. Like to congratulate people enduring abuse and suffering. That's weird. Like, no, you teach people to not have abortions. You teach people to repent from abuse. You teach people to repent from adultery. That's what you're supposed to teach people to repent from racism and their racial prejudices, not congratulate people for enduring those abuse. And then telling you, you look like Jesus. It's, it's so gaslighting. You look like Jesus when you're patient and you're calm about enduring abuse and racism. Those are instructions. <laughs> those are instructions. And it's really like, it's well done. It's, creep, it's, ir, it's creepy how well done it is that he doesn't actually say anything just congratulates black people for enduring it and says, yeah, we patiently do it to look like Jesus. And guys, that's called grooming, okay? Um, grooming is manipulative behaviors that the abuser uses to gain access to the potential victim and coerce them to agree to the abuse and to reduce the risk of the abuser getting caught. And then also telling the white people and or other or racist or whatever, he's telling those people in that congregation, oh, if black people do not, are not patiently and enduring this and calmly, you know, then they do not look like Jesus, not Christ-like. And that is a setup that is such a trap, <laughs> you know? Is he, you know, he's really about abortion. Are you patiently enduring watching that? No, you're just so super chill about racism. Like enduring suffering for racism is not the only part of the deal. There's also a call for the people who are the teachers to do something, to say, to teach other people how to repent from those sins that are abusing their members, abusing people that Christ loves, people that God loves. Okay. All right. So that's your endurance of racism and abuse is not something to be applauded. It's something to be mourned. Something to be really, really mourned. You know, and God's word does say, oh yeah, okay, you can suffer for doing good, right? Suffer, if you're doing good, you're suffering. Right now, I'm calling out my church for the racism. And right now, because of that, I'm being shunned. I'm being isolated. I'm being sometimes bullied. I'm being like just ignored and just going through trauma. That's the suffering. I'm doing something good. And so I'm enduring something because of that. But not just standing around because someone decides they don't like their, your skin color, that's not, that's not enduring. That's not suffering because of something good. That's just suffering because someone's sin. And if your pastor or whoever you're leading or whatever, your friends are super chill with that, you don't have to be chill with that with them. And you don't look like Jesus by being super chill about sin. You went to a cross for it. That's how much a big deal it is. Okay. I'm very creeped out when people are like super chill about racism. Like, well, it's going to be with us forever, but they'll slit their wrist and jump off a building. When you mention abortion, I'm like, uh, okay, that doesn't even affect them at all, but it's like something that affects you personally, it's traumatized you. It's like, I don't, just be zen, you know, don't do anything, just chill, you know, pray about, pray about it. Just like, I don't know why you're so super chill about racism, but I'm going to not be that way, you know? All right, that's it. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.